Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, uh, I'm going to be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I just rewatched Black Panther, and I am just want to talk about the nine things that I am most excited for to see in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. All that right of this ad we have no control over. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. Doing another solo cast, you know, uh, where we've been. Again, we're just, everybody's real busy, crazy schedules, but uh, we had a big empty feed last week and I wanted to get back to it. I missed it. So uh, I, I rewatched Black Panther myself tonight and I made a list of things just rewatching it that I am so excited to see in the new movie. Um, so that comes out like today. If you're hearing this, it's probably already the the like release day. So, very excited. Um, a reminder, we're going to be doing a live stream on Twitch tonight at 8, 7 central, twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv, and we will be covering Black Panther Wakanda Forever immediately after we get out of the theater. So, come check that out. Um, but, I'm here to talk about, really, in a lot of ways, I'm here to talk about Black Panther 1. I love this movie. I mean, I know it's well-trodden territory at this point. It's, it's you know, been talked about for four years now, but I just love Ryan Coogler as a director. Revisiting what he did in Black Panther, it, like, re-energized me and, like, kind of got my, my hype brain moving for what's going to be going on in the new Black Panther and, like, threads that he might continue or just, like, concepts that I think he will uh, maintain, not only because of this movie, but other things in Coogler's work. Um, really big fan of that director. And so, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. First thing I am very, very excited for is Namor. And the reason I am very excited about Namor is because of Killmonger. Killmonger you know, in comics, there may have been some runs where he is a sympathetic character. I'm sure there are now, because, you know, the movie was such a seminal work, and people probably like, carried that on in comics. But uh, as far as I understand it, Killmonger is a lot more of a black and white character in uh, the comics. And I just think the way that he handled Killmonger with such empathy... And then you've got this character of Namor coming in, who in comics is an anti-hero. You know, he's sometimes on the right side of things, sometimes on the wrong side of things, but he's like a character that you empathize with, even in comics. And so seeing that, and then comparing it to how he treated Killmonger in the first movie, I am just so excited to see how Namor is presented. You know what I mean? That is That is going to be, I think, a really great thing. I really love a lot of Ryan Coogler's work. I love Fruitvale Station. I love the Creed movies, and I love uh, Black Panther. So, he does a really good job in all of those movies of humanizing just the people in them and just making them very human characters. Uh, and I am just pumped to see who Namor is. Like, who is the Submariner? <laughs> um, and I think he's a character that will persist and go on as an anti-hero, and we will see him in a lot, th a lot of things going forward. And I think putting him in the hands of Ryan Coogler to be introduced, I think, is such a great call. Um, I just think he's going to do a great job. And speaking of... Let's jump to one of my other, one of my other, I guess, part number two, my second thing that I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see 
him, Ryan Coogler. I'm just going to be talking about Ryan Coogler this whole time because I feel like that this movie is so much about that. Um, but I am so excited to see him build out another culture. Namor's people, you know, coming up from the ocean and having their own culture. And I'm sure it will be based on South American culture and it will be, you know, vibrant and interesting and I, I don't know rewatching Black Panther I really got a sense for the culture of Wakanda like the the way it works the things they value uh, and each individual character sort of represents a different part of that some of them just value empathy and goodness uh, and I think that that falls in like the Nakia and T'Challa uh, camp but then other characters like value Wakanda and honor above all, you know, um, and uh, others. Uh, that's like a Koye, I think, is is an example of that. And then you've got Wakabi, who sides with Killmonger, and he is very much about like choosing the man who he thinks is right for the job. And in this moment, the thing he thinks is right for the job is killing Claw and getting the revenge for the death of his parents. And it's just this like complicated thing because each of these sort of camps has their own value system. And I think all of them together sort of tell us what Wakanda is um, and like different aspects of the Wakandan culture and different aspects of their value system. I think T'Challa's family, Shuri, and then his mom, who I'm spacing on her name, um, they sort of represent this love of family um, and love of tradition and all that stuff. But like they love their family. And I just found the way that he built out that culture with all these differing points of view but they all sort of informed what Wakanda is, like who the Wakandan people are. And I, the, man, M'Baku, M'Baku is one of my favorite characters, and he is just like pride. He has so much pride. He's so like not willing to really bow, you know? And I just, I love his character so much. So that's a really, really rad part of the movie and so seeing that this other culture namor's people through that same lens and hopefully building out a culture as rich as what we've seen here um i think that would be really really neat um speaking of wakanda which i guess i will be this entire podcast but speaking of wakanda one of the i guess part, third thing i'm excited about is seeing a unified wakanda um, you know, it's often said, like, the best way to unify a people is have an enemy come at them from the outside, give them something to hate together. <laughs> and if uh, something kills T'Challa, and if Namor is attacking Wakanda, I think we'll see the Wakandans stand together, which is not something we saw in the first movie. After rewatching it, I was like, you know, it's it as much as I love Wakanda and I love get, getting to know it, we sort of get to know it in that movie through the struggle of who will be king. And that leaves, you know, the, the major battle in the movie is Wakandans fighting Wakandans. And I am excited to see a unified Wakanda, like unified on all fronts and going after a, a, a shared enemy. I think that will be a really, really cool thing. 
Um, let's see. What what of my nine things that I want to talk about are are in <laughs> are the easiest transition? You know what? I'll go with this. I'll go with returning characters, which I, I feel like I just talked about them all, but these characters and they've returned for little moments in Infinity War and in game, but Nakia, Shuri, Okoye, Mbaku, all of them, I want to see them more. Um, and there's the long shot return, <laughs> very long shot return of Killmonger. Which we, you know, we've been discussing ever since Namor was rumored for this movie, and his whole line about how we, he says we might be able to heal you, and he's like, "Nope, just bury me in the ocean," because my ancestors knew that death was better than bondage. It's that scene, man. I, I, I wept. He tells, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the story of it, even though you've all seen it, just because it'll make me cry, and that's on brand for me. Um, but when he tells him, he's like, I, I don't know if I, I know I've seen it and I know I'd made this connection last time I saw it, but it, it surprised me still when he tells him down in the, uh, you know, gravity train area, uh, he tells him, you know, Hey, the, my, my father told me that he would show me it one day. And there I was, what an idiot walking around, believing in a fairy tale. And that fairy tale was that one day he'd be able to like, go and see Wakanda. And in, in this moment, he, he tried. He tried to go conquer Wakanda, and he failed, and he's dying. And then, like, as if fulfilling his last wish, he takes him up to that hilltop. And, like, fulfilling not only his last wish, but his childhood wish, the wish that, like, his father had promised to fulfill, and just looks over and, then, and gives that speech about burying him in the ocean. It is such a masterful ending to that character, but I up there I go. There's there's the tears. There's the there's the welling up of tears. Um, but I find it to be really convenient that now we're getting Namor and the oceans and Killmonger was such a beloved character who seemed to I don't I don't think he learned his lesson at the end, but I think I could see him coming back as the Black Panther, but not the king. I don't know if those are allowed to be two separate roles. I guess they are because T'Challa was the Black Panther, but his father was king. When Killmonger comes into the throne room, he's like, I want to challenge you for the roles of the Black Panther and of the king. So I guess those are two separate things. So I guess they could bring him in as a Black Panther and keep him, uh, keep someone else as the king or queen. I don't know. I just, uh, so good. <laughs> so good. Um, Okay, speaking of the gravity train scene, another thing I'm really excited for in this movie is I really hope these four years have allowed them to perfect the CGI that surrounds the Black Panther suit. Because, man, I love Ryan Coogler's action directing, but the CGI is trash. Almost every scene he's in the Black Panther suit, there's at least some shots that look just like utter trash. And this is only four years later. I'm like, this, this should not be so bad. Maybe almost five years. I think it came in like February of 2018. And now it's December of 2022. So almost five years, but still, I'm like, you got to do better. You got to do better. Do better by the Black Panther suit. And when it's, when it's being 
painted in CGI. Like I need it to look good. And we've seen them do it well in other movies. Um, and it looks great when they do it at least partially in, with practical effects. But every time they switch over to CGI, it looks just so video gamey. The worst offender, of course, being the gravity train scene. Terrible. Absolutely atrocious. Um, so I am excited for better CGI. I don't know if I'll get it, but I'm excited for it nonetheless. <laughs> um, and speaking of Ryan Coogler's fight scenes, I don't know if this is fifth or sixth point that I have here, because uh, I'm not doing them in order. That would have been smart. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of the fight scenes, I hope we get another really wonderful Ryan Coogler signature one oneers, as they're called in the biz. Um, many of you know will know the term oneer from our Daredevil scenes, where we get the really great shot of Daredevil fighting in the hallway. We always call them hallway fights, but they're also oneers. They're always a, appear to be one single camera movement through the entire fight. Um, and Ryan Coogler does an amazing one in Black Panther. Um, inside the casino where it goes from up top where a Koye is jumping down from the top and the camera follows her down and then it goes through and it shows her and then it shows Nakia and then it shows uh, Black Panther and they're all fighting and it just like really does this amazing oneer and I'm hoping that he will continue that trend because oneers are just something that I really enjoy in movies. I obviously I love them in the Daredevil shows, but, uh, but they're just always something that's technologically and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just creatively interesting uh, because it's just so easy these days. I feel like to film action and use the camera cuts as a way to emphasize blows and cut around blows and cut around the stunts and all that stuff. But if you do a one or correctly, it is is something that's really, really cool to see. Um, if you haven't seen the Creed movies, they both have oneers um, that I was incredibly impressed by. And, you know, it's a boxing match. So, again, it's really easy to shoot a boxing match where you're cutting between the two, you're, you're hiding the punches, all that stuff. But they have a, an amazing oneer in the first Creed. And I'm, I'm almost certain there's a, neat, a really cool one in the second one as well, but I've only seen the second one once, so I need to revisit. I think we're going to do that for Bingers Assemble soon, so go subscribe to Bingers Assemble. There's your ubiquitous plug. This one is going to be the hardest part, so I'll go ahead and sandwich it here in the middle. Uh, it's going to be the hardest part to talk about, but it's also going to be the hardest part to see in the movie, and I, I guess number seven uh, is going to be T'Challa Honored. Just how are they going to do it? I I am scared of how that's going to make me feel in the theaters. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really hard to watch. But I have been waiting on it for so long. And I think they will honor him in two ways. I think they will have a really beautiful funeral scene um, that will double as sort of an honoring of T'Challa and also Chadwick Boseman. But also, I think they're going to give him a death that is worthy of a king. Uh, I just think that they're going to, whatever the death is, I don't know. You know, I keep, I keep going back and forth with how they're going to do it. And I don't, you know, I'd, obviously I don't know. I'll know in a few hours, I guess, but I don't know yet. And uh, yeah, just really cannot wait to see 
what that is like. And I mean, I'm, I'm emotionally invested in it. Absolutely. I am like my MCU brain is interested in it. Uh, my nerd brain is interested in it, but also just like as a film fan and as a fan of like writers and people having to work around issues and productions and stuff. And how do you fix this? You know, your main character, your guy who like led the first film and who is the franchise is based around has passed away. How do you handle that? And like, I'm both emotionally invested for the character and for Chadwick Boseman. And I'm also like, as a film fan, utterly fascinated by like how they will handle it. So I am, I'm, I'm in, I'm for it. I'm very, very, very for it. Um, let's see. Last two, number eight, you know what? Uh, to turn it around and do some happier things here at the end. Um, I'm excited for, the new Black Panther reveal. It's kind of the opposite side of the coin of the T'Challa um, death and honoring of T'Challa. But, like, we still don't know. I mean, spoiler alert for the last trailer. The last trailer seemed to make it pretty clear that Shuri was going to don the suit at some point. I think that is, like, pretty clear. Whether she will be the final answer to who the new Black Panther is or whether she will be one of the Black Panthers that take on the mantle to like be a part of a Black Panther, you know, team or something. Um, whether it goes through multiple people trying to be the Black Panther, I don't know. Also, you know, I mean, I hadn't even thought of this until uh, discussing it with myself right now. <laughs> this is weird, guys. But the fact that the king and the Black Panther could be two separate roles. That actually makes me think that they really could do something interesting with making someone king or queen and having them take on that role and sort of be a decision maker, but then also having someone else take on the mantle of Black Panther and have to take on that responsibility. Um, so could really have, you know, T'Challa is going to leave a big hole in this movie and how many characters are going to need to step up and fill it. So that's, that's exciting to, to just see, finally have it revealed in full. Uh, and some of you may be watching like TV spots. I always stop before the TV spots come out. So I haven't seen anything that's come out this week, um, or in the last few weeks. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay. Let's see. Last thing. Last thing. Number nine. My ninth thing. <laughs> it's not, this, these are no particular order. I feel like I should have said that earlier. No particular order, except for how they seem to come out of my face. But the ninth thing that I'm excited to see um, is a surprise MCU connection. Now that these characters have been in the MCU for you know five years and have been in multiple major uh, crossover movies with Civil War and Infinity War and Endgame, they, and, and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier for that matter. Like, characters from these movies can easily cross over. Well, and Black Panther 1 ended with them deciding to reach out and connect with the world. And so, 
totally makes sense that this would have a lot of connections to the MCU. You know, will will Okoye call Rocket on the phone? I don't know. You know, it could could be any of that. It could be any small character interactions, or it could just be. Um, we could get White Vision. That's something I was speculating a long time ago. Uh, White Vision could show up in this movie because they they have the most like, complete records of his brain. Maybe he wants to know what the government took away. Um, we could get, obviously, uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, Bucky could come back because he has these roots there now. Um, so I, I just think that there's lots of cool connections. And just anyone, you know, could, oh, man. Someone wants to be Black Panther. They get turned down. Let's say it's M'Baku. <laughs> I don't know. I'm throwing I'm throwing stuff out now. But like, let's say one of the characters really wants to be uh, a part of defending Wakanda, a part of being a hero, and he's turned down or she's turned down. And what if like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character shows up to like recruit them for the Thunderbolts? You know, uh, it could be, could be. What if that's Killmonger's role. That'd be fun. Oh, like, yeah, maybe they, maybe they do resurrect him somehow and try to get him back as, as a protector. Cause he has the heart shaped herb and he's, you know, obviously a terrible person for the role because he starts making decisions they disagree with and they have to fight him and bring him down. And then he gets to like recruited by Julia Louis-Dreyfus to go be in the Thunderbolts anyway, or a la, you know, Incredible Hulk, instead of using Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like, what if uh, Captain, uh, or, uh, what's he called, the Patriot? Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> See, this is the bad thing when I'm doing these by myself. Um, but uh, John Walker is what I'm trying to talk about. Um, what if John Walker showed up to, like, recruit them or something? Anyway, that's all not kind of neither here nor there. I'm just throwing out ideas, but just I think there's lots of opportunity for an MCU connection. And if they're going to make an MCU connection, will they tie it together to the multiverse saga? This is the end of the first phase of the multiverse saga. You know, the end of the first phase of the Infinity Saga was our first shot of Thanos. So, would it be possible for us to get a like I don't know, an idea of what's like revving up in the background. And we've talked about how there might be another villain beyond Namor, since Namor is likely going to end up feeling more like an anti-hero. What if there is another villain? Could it be Kang? Could it be someone else? Could it be, you know, whoever? Um, I feel like there's a lot to do in this movie, so I don't want them to um, lean too heavily on a strong MCU connection. But... There's just a lot they could do to make it a really easy and obvious connection to the rest of the MCU. So, I'm here for that. That's my nine. I feel like I could keep talking about this. (laughs) But that's my nine that I wrote down beforehand. (laughs) I'm just going to talk for like three hours and let you guys, I don't know, be tortured by my solo performances. Um, (laughs) anyway, I'm excited, uh, me and Jeff and Ashley get to be in the same zoom call tonight and actually talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, don't miss the live stream. Come check it out. Live stream is at eight, seven central on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash stranded Panda TV, or just go to Twitch and search for stranded Panda TV. That's the easiest way to do it. Probably. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say 
little 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 solo cast note um i very much appreciate a bunch of people wrote me and said because i mentioned being burnout last week and a lot of people wrote me to say you know feel free to take take breaks when you need to man we all care and everyone was very sweet and i very much understand the intent and i definitely uh thank you guys when i said i was burnout to be perfectly honest it was more the uh music work was so busy and the um family stuff going on was so busy that it burnt me out because it just was like everything piled you know so last week i was just like i'm not doing anything I'm just not doing anything I don't have to do. Um, so I wasn't really uh, burnt out on podcasting so much. But uh, I'm I now I've had a chance to not do it for a week, and I miss it, though. So that's convenient right before Wakanda Forever. So I missed it so much, I went and watched a, TV, a movie by myself and did a podcast about it. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow, 7 Central. On Twitch, Stranded Panda TV. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.